You know what happens at my store when there's a mess? I get a broom and I clean it up. Last night, my AC unit at the store at the wind just started dripping everywhere. And you know what you have to do? You have to clean it up. Lord, clean up planet Earth. Amen? Clean it up. Before we begin this morning, I just want to share a a story with you. It's It's a miracle. I'm looking at it as a miracle. My heart's been heavy this week. It was a tough week. On Wednesday, I broke a pair of earrings that came into the store. I don't know, I think they were about seven, $8,000 earrings. Beautiful Chanel rose gold hoops. Has a beautiful little camellia flower, little diamond in the center, and then a big, like, one-inch hoop that's opened on one side. So it's kind of like a C. So those earrings came in on Wednesday... And I had them on the tray on my desk, and then when I shuffled around in my chair, I hit the corner of the tray. The tray catapults the earrings. One of them I found right away. The second one, it was gone. It was, I I couldn't find it anywhere. 20 minutes, I'm sweating bullets trying to find it, and the staff's coming back. Are you want us to put those earrings out? Oh, I'll I'm almost done with them. I'll be right with you. Didn't admit that I couldn't find them. Would you believe that little earring, almost like a horseshoe, had gone around the foot of my chair somehow and just spun around and it was hanging down at the bottom of the foot of the chair. But I found it. That little earring set something into motion that really came to astonish me. I decided not to deal with that that day. I thought, you know what, I have a lot going on. I'll deal with it on Thursday. So Thursday comes around. My favorite coffee shop opens up across the street at the Fashion Show Mall at 11 a.m. I usually make it over there, 11.30 to 12-ish. So I tell myself right around 11.30, I tell myself, do I want to go get my coffee first or do I want to make sure that I get this, these earrings down to the shipping department so they can get them out to repair? And I told myself, you know what? I'll skip the coffee, put it behind by 20 minutes, and I'll go ahead and take that, uh, that shipment down. So I went down. By the time I came up to the store, somebody had gone crazy right out five stores down Outside, here's my store, there's five more stores, and right out in the front door, this man's going crazy, and he stabbed two people, killed one of the little showgirls that's always out there on my, on my walk to, uh, to Pete's Coffee over across the fashion show. I knew her because she was the tallest of the bunch, and she kind of always towered over the rest, tall and lanky, always super friendly young lady. Even though she knew I worked at the wind, she never hesitated to offer, would you like a photo? I always say the same thing. I work at the hotel. Well, you can always have a photo. Super friendly. And then, as course of as you read, he also uh, took out another gentleman that was in that area, and that's right outside the front door uh, of uh, the Wynn Esplanade that comes into uh, my shopping area. And then I realized what a fortuitous moment it was to have broken those earrings the day before Otherwise, my walking path uh, would have been directly uh, in that exact time period that this gentleman's going crazy right out on the strip. So, I spent this week kind of thinking about this moment, and 
I thought in the end, it all ended with one person standing up across the street at the sands, one guard that took him out. And I began to think of the power of one. Hallelujah. And I want to remember today that the power of one is found in God. Hallelujah. Because when we think about it, if I'm not mistaken, the world is in a bad spot right now. I think about crime, I think about smash and grabs, I think about robberies, I think about follow-home robberies, I think about all these things uh, that are going on. I think about Ukraine, I think about what's, uh, what's going on with the Russian invasion, I think about all these things, I think about the state of the United States, and I remember at the end of the day, like our song, we can be steadfast because of the God we serve. Amen? And let me just say, since I like to tie things to movies. We <laughs> if Darth Vader got too much power in the universe, if the, the, the dark side of the force started increasing, what would Obi-Wan and Luke Skywalker do? They'd get in the Millennium Falcon and fight back. Amen? So I tell you today, we as God's people need to push back in this society and in this world and pray for it and tell the kingdom of darkness to stand down in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. It's time for the good people to take back the earth. Am I wrong? The problems that confront our world today are pretty big. They can stagger imagination and sometimes they can bum us out. I felt a little bit bummed this week, but of course I was also happy that I avoided a situation at work, which was wonderful. But on the other hand, I almost felt like I could, wish I was there. I would have popped that guy's nose. And I don't know. I, I can't help but think all these scenarios through. But all that's going on, when you think about it, conflicts, war. I'm just waiting for the others to start kicking in. The, that little boy in North Korea shooting uh, missiles over Japan this last week, right over their island. The northern island of Japan, what nerve that would take. And then you hear about all that Iran wants to do and all these things that are going on. But even in the U.S., so much uh, racial and ethnic hatred, atheism, humanism, socialism, uh, fights within our own schools for the minds of our children and our government, on and on and on. And do we look at it as what Scripture would kind of allude to when we look at Scripture? Do we think this is just the beginning? And what is our reaction? We have to remember that even though we might be one person, we can still influence this earth. Amen? Amen. The power of one. What can one person do? So many things happening in the world right now. What can one single Christian really do? What can I do, you might ask yourself today? Or what difference could I make? But I wanted to remind you today, God specializes in one. He specializes in the first digit of the Roman numerals, one. There was one man named Adam. Adam inherited a garden that had a snake, one. There was one man named Noah. He faced a godless society, and he obeyed and made an ark and saved a remnant of humanity, the righteous, one man. There was another man. His name was Moses. He stood down the Pharaoh of Egypt to release the people out of Egypt in slavery. That was one. Pretty powerful. And it's not because they were anything special. It was because of the specialness of the Lord who backed them. Amen? Amen. There was one young girl found herself pregnant and she gave birth 
to Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. One young woman that led to that one young man, Jesus. <laughs> that carpenter's son. Hallelujah. And then there's you, amen? You might not feel that special, but let me tell you, you are special. Hallelujah. So I wanted to think uh, uh, of a story this morning that we could talk about, and it's found in Acts 9. I'm going to read it to you. Acts 9, it's about the life of Paul. And I'll read it to you here. Acts 9, 1 through 19, the very beginning. Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus, so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, that's us, hallelujah, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. Is that wild? The man who wrote most of the New Testament was taking Christians as prisoners. Do you find that fascinating? This story is about the power of what the Lord can do with one individual. So that's why I wanted to focus on it today. So, as he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. He replied, Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. The men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound, but did not see anyone. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand into Damascus, and for three days he was blind and did not eat or drink anything. In Damascus there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called to him in a vision, Ananias. Yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord said to him, Go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him and restore his sight. Oh, here's Ananias' response. Lord, this is the dude that imprisons us. Are you kidding? I've heard many reports about this man and all the harm that he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And he has now come here with authority from the chief priest to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, Go, this man is my chosen instrument to carry my name before the Gentiles and their kings and before the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he could see again. He got up and was baptized, and after taking some food, he regained his strength. Lord, thank you for the reminder of the power of one, how you can use and you can utilize and you can mobilize each and every single one of us for your amazing purposes. Hallelujah. As you use us in this world that needs you so bad in Jesus name. Amen. God specializes in one. Hallelujah. And you might feel isolated sometimes, but let me tell you, there is power in one because there's one big God that loves you. Amen? 
One big God. One man made a difference in this passage of Scripture. His name was Paul. Paul of Tarsus. By the way, I knew a guy from Tarsus. Uh, I worked with him at Chanel years ago. And there is a place called Straight Street in Tarsus today. It's in southeastern Turkey. Very, very close to Syria. It's so cool. And they know it. Even though my friend is, is Muslim, he knows that uh, Saul grew up right there. He knows. Fascinating. So let us learn today. We're going to look at Paul and how he responded to the call because we are all called. Amen? You might not think it, but your phone has been ringing. And it is the Lord on the other end. You might not even realize that He's been touching, ringing, pushing the digits. He's calling you. And it's all about how we respond to Him as a single person. Hallelujah. So first thing I wanted to mention this morning is this. When the Lord comes calling, folks, when the Lord comes reaching out to your heart, your mind, your spirit, your thought life, whatever it is, our response should be this. Lord, what do you want me to do? Hallelujah. What do you want me to do? Jenna told me, I know what would have happened if you were out in the front on your way to get that coffee. You would have helped that girl. And I thought, ooh, I would have tried to take out some legs. I would have, Lord, what do you want me to do? Maybe I could have grabbed something in the hotel and just... <laughs> you know, sometimes I think about those things. I think, man, these mirrors are pretty heavy, but if I ever need to use it for you know, defense, I got it. But what would the reaction of one individual be? It can change a situation. When Paul lived in the world, it was no different from today. I want you to know that. It was in a state of deterioration. And and who would have guessed when you think about it that the seed of hope for the world, the author of the New Testament, would be planted in the heart of rage, the hatred of a man, a murderer, a guy named Saul. Who would have ever guessed that that's what the Lord had planned? Isn't that amazing? No one would have guessed that this man dedicated to destroying God's church, having Christians killed, put in prison, and all of these things would become one of the greatest missionaries the Lord ever had. Who would have ever guessed? The church of Jesus Christ expanded exponentially because of the life of Paul. Isn't that wild? So when he finally crossed paths with Jesus that day, the power and the majesty of Jesus Christ knock him to the ground. How many times do we need to stop thinking in our lives that are all the wrong thoughts and be knocked to the ground for the Lord? Amen? How many times do we need to start making decisions that are almost like, you know what, I need to just get on the ground and worship the Lord and be on the ground like Paul did and say, Lord, renew my thought life, renew my families, renew my relationships, renew my spiritual life, renew my prayer life. How many times do we need to get knocked to the ground? I tell you very often, we're in the same position as Paul. Get on the ground. Get on our knees and worship like we did today, even at home. Pray for your families. Pray for your own thought life, whatever it might be. Why are you persecuting me? Jesus asked Paul. That's a rough thing to hear. Everything changed that day for him, though. He discovered that everything that he thought was right was actually wrong thinking. And not only that, but he... His, he found out that his faithfulness for his zeal and what he was pursuing was actually treason against God's church. His truth was a lie. The zeal was actually rebellion against the Lord. And in the end, 
Who was he really fighting against? He was fighting against the Lord. And how many times do we need to stop and think, Lord, I will not resist you, but what do you want me to do? Hallelujah. What do you want me to do? In that one very moment, the persecutor became an apostle. What a moment. He became, he fell off that horse, a monster center, and the Lord was raising up a saint. Pretty amazing what the Lord can do. The power of one. Hallelujah. Once he knew who he was talking with, he could say nothing to the Lord but this thing. What shall I do, Lord? What shall I do? Friends, I'll tell you this morning, we need to begin to respond to Jesus exactly the same way, in the same very manner. What can we do, Lord? Every morning that we wake up and we get to see the sun come through that light, we get to breathe the fresh air, we get 90 degree beautiful October, whatever the Lord has given us, we wake up and before Him, before we do anything, we thank Him and say, Lord, what can I do for you today? What life can I impact today? Who will you place in my path, Lord God, so I can be a light of hope, a ray of hope for you? Amen. Hallelujah. We must remember how much the Lord has placed into us. Lord, what do you want me to do this day? You know what I do? I drive around with my Bible on CD. My wife asked me one year, what do you want for your birthday? And I said, I want the Bible on CD. I can listen to the Bible on CD and take the Lord with me every morning. Every morning. And sometimes I don't want to listen to the news because it's just too much of a bummer. In fact, I'd rather get into my Bible on CD and take scriptures with me. Hallelujah. But take notice, I want you to take notice, Paul did not ask Jesus, Lord, what do you want me to believe? Or how are you going to craft me? His conversion wasn't just a creed, but it was a dynamic change in the entire direction of his life. And I love new directions. I love to know when the Lord puts me in a new direction. And you just have to let Him do it and be willing to obey. Amen? Not only did Paul's faith change, but so did the works of his entire life. He had something new to live for. Do you need something new to live for? Think about that. Sometimes we get in all the old ruts, don't we? What's so? I started planning tomorrow. Tomorrow's my day off. And I started planning, what am I going to do tomorrow? And I started a little list of all the things that would bring me joy. But before that, my sermon reminded me, Invite the Lord into my day and what He wants for me. Amen? Before I get to my list, I'll thank Him for that list, and I'll say, but first and foremost, what do you want, Lord? The works of Paul's life changed, and may we want nothing more than what Jesus wants for us. Hallelujah. Let's proclaim to the Lord in the morning, Lord, take my life. Hallelujah. You bought it. You paid for it. I am yours. Hallelujah. So what do you want me to do, Lord? Second thing I wanted to mention this morning is this. Our faith... Do you like to be a person of faith, by the the way? Being a person of faith, amen? Knowing in the dark days to come that we have faith in a mighty God. Hallelujah. A God that can make the storms go away and the sun shine through. So for people of faith, may that lead to submission and service. Hallelujah. Submission and service to His purposes. And sometimes it might not be fun. My homeless friend Tamika, 
She writes me all the time, oh, I wish I could have that Panera Bread gift card. Oh, I miss, I miss those pastries, and she's been in and out of a hospital in New Jersey, and oh, I wish I, I wish I had some money for a hotel room. You know what? I don't always do it for her, but I do every once in a while. Because I remember the part I play in being the hands of Christ, the feet of Christ, the love of Christ. Yeah, that's right. She wants to come back to that bridge, and I said, not now. Look at the news. I don't want you on that bridge. But I'll tell you, once in a while, even though I think, yeah, it would be luxurious even for me to have a Panera gift card. I don't even have one. And uh, I think, you know, every once in a while, I'm going to bless her and make her happy. And I'm going to say it in a way that blesses her because of our Jesus. But I don't always like the text. I'm like, oh, here we go again. Here we go again. That's me in the flesh. (laughs) And then I remind myself, Ryan, tell yourself, be quiet in Jesus' name and just help. Just help. Let all the thoughts go to the wayside. Look how much the Lord did for Paul. He could, have, he could have just written off Paul. He probably could have had him taken out. Instead, he turned it around for his purpose. But submission and service, it is a radical statement because it causes us to have a little obligation to do something for the Lord. And it's not so little, actually. But if we're not in the service of God, and if we're not daily submitting our lives to the Lord, we're really showing faithless lives for the world to see. So we need to get in there and be active for what Christ Jesus sends us to do. Has He ever placed someone on your heart that you just cannot stand? You don't have to answer that. And you know what? Once you do jump into action for Him and obey Him, There is a blessing that you cannot believe. One year, I I tried to keep this story private because I told myself I would, then I blew it. But one year, a client gave me a $100 tip at the win, and I was driving home, and I saw this mom and her three little kids going across the crosswalk to this little condo community by us. And I felt bad for her because she's having a hard time corralling these little ones. One in the stroller and two little guys, and she's, she's going across the street, and she's trying to keep them together. And I passed, and the Lord said, Ryan, turn around and give her that hundred. I had already thought about that hundred and thought... Ooh, Mediterranean grill, I'm going to get that chicken kebab, I'm Jana. Jana can get her delicious veggie kebab, Rye will get his favorite Greek salad with that soft mozzarella, Kylie, what does Kylie get there? Kylie gets the pasta, and I thought, that hundred will cover the whole thing, because that place is so expensive now, and I said, no, I'm going to try to make it home and ignore the Lord, I want that hundred, that hundred was given to me, and I said, Not that I was testing the Lord, but I said, if the Lord doesn't quit talking to me, by the time I get to the little pad to open up the gate at my condo, I'll turn around and go. And sure enough, I got to that little pad, and the Lord said, I told you to give her that hundred. You know what? The Lord had that hundred in mind for her before that guy even took it out of his wallet to hand to me. I know it. I turned my car around and I said, Begrudgingly, yes, Lord. 
I will obey. If I take the family out for the Mediterranean food, I'll use my own money. Thank you very much. Okay, Lord, I'll give. I'll go. So I turned around, and she was just entering her condo community, but I snuck in, and I parked, and I said, Miss, and she didn't hear me. So then I said it louder, Miss, and she turned around, and I said, A gentleman gave this to me today. I just drove past you, and God told me that he wants this for you. She gave me the biggest hug ever. The biggest hug. Her little kids are looking at me like, who's this weirdo? And I thought, blame the Lord. I was going to keep it. <laughs> I didn't say that to them. But I obeyed the Lord, and I didn't do the right thing initially, thought-wise, but I obeyed and I listened at the end. But service sometimes is going to cost you, amen? It's going to cost you your time and other resources. And when Paul had his first question to Jesus, you know what he asked him in our scripture? He said, who are you, Lord? And that must lead to, and what do you want me to do if he really is a Lord? Amen? What do you want me to do, Lord? Paul's desire was an all-consuming desire for the risen Christ Jesus. And may we mold our desires and will to the will of the Lord. Hallelujah. Until we learn how to surrender, that white flag of surrender, our lives to Jesus Christ. And we need to exercise that faith every day in Christ Jesus. But when we submit to serve the Lord, when we think about this, we become people of great faith and people of great power. Hallelujah. Aren't you tired sometimes of being weak and you feel it sometimes and you think, you know what, I want strength. Hallelujah. But are we willing to serve him? That's the question of today. But today, even if you were the only Christian in this community or in your home or in your family, if you're living in the service and the submission to the Lord, then you have the power to impact people in your life. Amen? And you might not feel like you're ready. I don't care. Do it anyways. That's the exercise part. You don't have to have a bunch of biceps to start doing those little curls. It starts with the first curl, amen? And this is the moment. Living in service and submission. We have power to impact. You know what? If you had one little granule of salt out of all the gazillion in that box you have in your pantry, if you had one little granule of salt and you put it on your tongue, you'd still know it's there, would you not? This is the power of God's people. One Christian is a very impactful and potent thing. Hallelujah. I used to call myself a Christian for many years, and I really wasn't. And the Lord used my own thinking on me. You know what He said to me? He said one day, I felt it in my heart. The the thought came right to my mind. If you were going to UNLV, but you didn't pay tuition, you just sat on the class, you didn't take any of the tests, you didn't get a grade, are you really a student? I was so involved in school at that time, it was so funny how he used my own, my own thinking, and I thought, exactly so. In God's kingdom, I want to pay tuition, I want to do the service, I want to take the tests, I want to get the grade, because I am legitimate in the family of God, Amen. And this is the moment. Our last point is this. A submitted man or a woman, one of us, amen, plus the Lord, is always a majority in any community. If it was only you and the big guy, you would take the majority in any community. Hallelujah. 
One thing I love about Paul is his faith that he comes out of this whole situation with. Knocked to the ground and comes back with full of faith. He could be in a prison cell chained and shackled. He could be on a sinking ship in the worst storm and he went through all these things. He could be uh, in a, a city where everyone wants to kill him or stone him. And he never forgets the power that he has in Jesus Christ. And it's in those moments when Paul faced the impossible and was surrounded by pagans. Does that sound like our culture? It was in those moments that he knew that he was backed by the greatest power, hallelujah, that ever existed or ever will exist. It doesn't matter if Putin starts talking about nuclear weapons, does it? There's a greater power than any nuclear weapon, amen? And why are we even using this, uh, this word? Is this the 80s all over again? The 60s all over again? Give me a break, right? We have a great and mighty God. It'll only happen if the Lord allows it to. He's a greater God, hallelujah. And Paul knew that. In modern lingo, Paul knew just how huge he was in Christ once he found his identity in Christ. And when I was living for myself, did you ever live for yourself instead of the Lord? Was that you? When I was living for myself, the devil had me right where he wanted me. Right where he wanted me. Because I wasn't a threat to the kingdom of hell. But then God had a special plan for me. The Holy Spirit, a deposit, hallelujah. You make a deposit at the bank, the Holy Spirit's a deposit directly into your own heart. And the Holy Spirit changed my life. And then you know what the devil tried to do? Put me in his crosshairs for discouragement. Have you ever had that voice happen to you? Discouragement? But guess what? The Lord taught me who I was in His kingdom. And that made all the difference. I'm the head, not the tail. I'm the blessed, not the cursed. Hallelujah. I'm the victorious one, never defeated. Do you believe that? Never defeated. I'm an heir to the kingdom of God, not a slave. I'm an actual heir, a son, a daughter of the living God. It's for freedom that Christ has set us free. I'm a conqueror. I'm no wimp. I'm an overcomer, not a mediocrity. I'm the majority, not the minority, all because of the power of Jesus. I might be the only one serving the Lord in my store right now, but I'll tell you one thing. Me and God are big enough to take the majority. Hallelujah. Once I realized this, i got to tell you, Satan was in bad shape because the Lord had me on a trajectory. Hallelujah. In one direction. And as I told you earlier, the Lord paid for me to be in His family on the cross of Jesus. I was bought in legitimate. Hallelujah. It's time we recognize who we are in Christ Jesus. Amen. We're not minor in anything. You're not minor in anything. That's what being in the minority implies. But in our situation, our God is major. Hallelujah. And we are the majority because of Him. That's right. I believe it. And if you were the only Christian in Las Vegas, Overton, this whole area, southern Nevada, if you were the only one plus God, that would take the majority. Hallelujah. He's that huge. Hallelujah. So I just wanted to mention this story in closing. I found this and I was so blessed by it. George Washington. 
I just came back from New York and I thought how fascinating this whole area would have been a war at one time with the British and the Americans. How fascinating. And George Washington even got booted out of uh, Manhattan and Brooklyn. Isn't that fascinating? But George Washington, standing at the Delaware River, Christmas night, 1776. We all know that Washington crossed the Delaware. He defeated the British. He won independence for America. But we easily forget the context of that victory. What had Washington accomplished up to that point in the Revolutionary War? This is fascinating. After an initial victory over the British, General William Howe at Boston, which forced Howe's retreat, Washington pursued Howe to New York, and there he himself, Washington, was forced into retreat. Washington's forces were driven out of Brooklyn and Manhattan. They were pushed across the Hudson River and sent fleeing into New Jersey, of all places. Okay, just kidding. New Jersey joke. Washington's army suffered enormous casualties, demoralization, desertions. He was forced all the way across out of even New Jersey and into Pennsylvania. I have no Pennsylvania jokes, unfortunately. When the British forces at his heels all the way, retreat after retreat after retreat, loss upon loss upon loss, now he stands at the edge of the Delaware. Imagine the doubts that must have whirled through his mind the night he looked across the ice-choked river, sizing up his own ragtag army versus the well-armed, well-supplied British Hessian troops. What in the world is a Hessian troop? I had to check that out. Germans. Germans. They camped on the other side of that river. But what would happen when he led his troops across that river? Would they be met by an alerted enemy force waiting on the shore to sink the American hopes in the river? I wonder if his officers said, it'll never work, it's suicidal, when he told them of the daring plan to cross the Delaware. The winter had brought a full lull in the fighting because warfare in the bitter northern cold is such difficult and ugly business. Washington's only hope was the element of surprise. After a string of dispiriting defeats, this was Washington's last ditch attempt to win America's freedom. If this battle was lost, America would have been lost. The burden of that decision weighed heavily on one man's shoulders. One man. That night, Christmas night, he led his troops in small boats across the icy Delaware River, and he caught the British and Hessians by surprise at Trenton. That's where Tamika is. From victory at Trenton, he went on to defeat the British at Princeton, placing New Jersey under American control. After wintering in Morristown to rebuild his forces, Washington went on to lead his forces to victory at Brandywine Creek and Germantown, saving all of Philadelphia, and then again victory at Yorktown. But none of those later victories would have occurred had Washington not dared to cross the Delaware and reverse the tide of the war. He accomplished that by faith. Believing that God would bring him through. Washington was a man of faith who believed God had called him for a specific purpose. Hallelujah. He understood the simple spiritual mathematical equation that one person plus the Lord is an unstoppable force. Hallelujah. Do you have such faith in God's power 
And in God's Word, D. James Kennedy asks us, do we have such faith in His power and His Word? Do we believe that by His grace you can do all things by faith He gives to you? What Washington did as a great military man and a statesman, you and I can do within the sphere of influence where God has placed us. Hallelujah. Wonder why you're here. You have been placed, divinely placed. Amen. We can conquer the world in the moral and the spiritual realm in knowing this mathematical equation. Me plus the Lord means unstoppable. Hallelujah. So as we close this morning, I just wanted to remember the power of one is really the power of all of us with Christ Jesus at the lead, at the helm. Hallelujah. The reason there is so much power in the decision of a single person to submit to Christ is that we are never alone. Group hug. We have each other. And what does it say in Scriptures? The angels rejoice when one sinner repents. An angel? No. The angels. Plural. Hallelujah. If we tell God, Lord, what do you want me to do? then certainly there are others just like us responding the same way. Remember that God calls others. Amen. So we are never alone, even sometimes when we feel like it. God continually raises up His army, willing men and women, each of us one single person. But collectively, we are always strong in an irresistible force. Hallelujah. The body of Jesus Christ. And guess what Jesus said about all of us standing for the name of the living Christ. He said that the gates of hell cannot prevail against us. Mic drop. The gates of hell cannot prevail against you. Oh, I almost broke your mic. So there's no living in weakness, amen? Let's stand and pray. Lord, we thank you so much. We thank you that even the gates of hell shudder of us being here today, meeting in your name, remembering truly, Lord, that one submitted man, one submitted woman plus you is always a majority, an unstoppable force for you, Lord. Also, that faith does not uh, lead to service and submission is no faith at all, but we will be submissive and have faith in you, Lord God, to be able to serve you fully. And may our response always be to you, Lord, what do you want us to do? Where can we go? Where will you lead us? Where will you take us? Who can we touch for the gospel of Christ even if we don't feel we're ready? We will be led by you, not by feelings. In Jesus' name. Bless your people, Lord God. Bless them, Father, and may the righteous take back the earth for you. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Get out there and be impactful for the Lord. Never forget whose name you wear. Hallelujah, Jesus. And if you need prayer, stay behind. That's what we're here for. Amen? All right. God bless you all.